It is the Fantasy Football Pater Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source saying hello to everyone out there once again. But it wouldn't be a Fantasy Football Pater Podcast without my good friend. He is the Fantasy Football Guru, and you got to check out everything that he's talking about on his Fantasy Football Pater Podcast Facebook group. It is my good friend. But the guy who has cursed me what? in our first week matchup. What? It is Tyler Baker. What's going on, man? I'm <laughs> doing well. I would never do anything like that. Actually, I was editing the show, and you had said the words almost to the point in time where you said, it looks like it's going to be pretty much an uneventful preseason, for almost free of any major injuries. <laughs> we just mentioned a couple, a couple, but he said it was going to be a pretty good preseason and wouldn't you know it, I, I get a flash from ESPN saying Jarek McKinnon on the last play of the last practice blows out his knee. Torn ACL out for the season. And he was somebody I wasn't even sure about getting in the first place in my draft because I was thinking about him or T.Y. Hilton. And I got him because I took, you know, obviously your advice, sound as it is or sound as it was or sound as it will be in regards to prioritizing running backs. Now, I'm out a running back in our first week matchup that we go head-to-head against each other. So I'm just Mm. saying the voodoo curse worked for you. (laughs) Man, I'm sure sorry about that. You hate to see that happen. The 49ers were excited to bring McKinnon in, and uh, McKinnon did a really good job in Minnesota when he needed to, and and, uh, they thought that they were going to fit, that he was going to fit that Shanahan system really well. And like you said, right before the season starts, he tears his ACL out for the season. Now, it's a good thing that the 49ers had Kyle Shanahan's old friend, Alfred Morris there, because Alfred Morris, he knows that system. Alfred Morris, you might remember when he played with the Redskins under Shanahan, was, I believe, a top five rusher back five, six years ago. He has found a lot of success in that system before, and it's certainly familiar to him. As far as finding a replacement for McKinnon, I think that there are two real options. There's Alfred Morris, but there's also Matt Breida. Now, in my opinion, I think to start the season, it's going to be Alfred Morris. Like I said, he knows the system, but Breida is coming off of, I believe, a shoulder injury. So he's going to start a little bit slow, but I think by the time the end of the year or or probably somewhere in the middle of the season, Matt Breida is probably going to be the one uh, that's going to be the the go-to running back in that system. So if if you're looking for a replacement for Kennan, if if you had McKinnon on your team, Alfred Morris is the guy that's going to start the season. If you're just trying to snatch someone off of the waiver wire that you don't need to play, I I would probably go with 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 Matt Breida. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> and I'm still thinking you did this on purpose because we meet up in week one. But hey man. Yeah. No, <laughs> as much as I want to beat you, I, 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 I would certainly wish no harm on any NFL player at all. all Just right. your fantasy team. <laughs> See how he is? The last episode, let the smack of talk begin, and it already has started. But hey. we're here to talk fantasy football. What's going on in your mind? I know the cuts to 53 players has already been made. Uh-huh. A lot of surprises, uh-huh. a lot of, uh, I guess, um, things that went on in the NFL, some familiar names got cut, Mm -hmm. some names that were kind of surprising as far as 
recent quarterback draft choices were cut as well, which kind of made it mm. very surprising that these teams were already giving up on these draft choices. But the preseason's done. The season's right around the corner, and I know there's a lot of things you want to talk about and get into order for people out there that are trying to shuffle their teams and make those last-minute adjustments just before they head into the season. But I know there's some things you also want to talk about as well. Well, I think the biggest story, other than McKinnon tearing his ACL, was probably the Khalil Mack trade. That was massive. Khalil Mack is now the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL John Gruden has been taking some flack for it. I think for a lot of things that he's done with this team, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of the face of the franchise now. And I know quite a few Raiders fans and I don't know any of them that are really happy about losing Cleo Mack. He's a very special player, but Raiders did manage to get a couple first round draft picks for him. Uh, so that was probably the biggest news uh, coming out of this past week. Some interesting cuts. You mentioned Dan Bailey, who's I think one of the, uh, second most accurate most kickers accurate. in yeah. the NFL gets cut. Yes, second most accurate active right now in the NFL. I believe at 88% field goal percentage at this point in time. Unbelievable. And then uh, also yeah. as well, I know a former first-round draft pick Paxton Lynch also got cut. And I believe David Webb from the New York Giants, a second-round draft choice, I believe in 2016 or 2015, also got cut as well. Perhaps another surprise, not so much to Denver Broncos fans, Paxton Lynch was let go. Now, he's done nothing but disappoint there, so that's not very surprising, I don't think. They did have a lot of draft capital in him, so that might be a little bit of surprising for people. Like you said, he was a first-round draft pick of the Denver Broncos, and John Elway admitted failure by letting him go. Mm. David Webb, a second-round draft pick, I believe 2015-2016, if I'm not mistaken, or one of those two, by the New York Giants. He was also let go. You also had mentioned something else about other players, like, for instance, a future Hall of Famer mm -hmm. coming back to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, Antonio Gates, with probably not much left in the tank, <laughs> um, is uh, a Los Angeles Charger once again. Uh, they're young, uh, Hunter Henry. Instead of putting him on injury reserve and losing him for the entire season, they put him on the PUP list, which means that he can come back about halfway through the year. Uh, even if he doesn't come back then, if the Chargers go make it into the playoffs, then he could come back to help them in the playoffs. So it's good to see Antonio Gates back. Mike Gillisley, you might remember him from the Buffalo Bills. And then last season, he was with the New England Patriots. Mike Gillisley is signed with the Saints. I think that's kind of a big deal because losing Mark Ingram for the first couple games of the season, Mike Gillisley is a guy that can come in and take care of some of that short yardage work. And so that Al Alvin Kamara won't have to shoulder the entire load there in New Orleans. It sounds like it's a pretty good pickup, something that may contribute down the road for fantasy owners. What are some of the other things that you're seeing sticking out in the last few days up until the season starts? Maybe some minor tweaks in the back end of your roster that might be considered, mm. you know, things are shaping up like you had talked about previously for the front end and the ones that you drafted to be in those slots should remain as such. But what do you want to do as far as tweaking some, maybe the, some of the back end rotation guys, because of the fact that there are, you know, there, there's some, other changes going on and some position battles that have been determined, at least for the short term, going into the season. Mm -hmm. Well, the bye weeks start in week four. 
So you've got a couple of weeks to kind of see what's going on in drafts. I like to stock up on rookies and kind of see what happens for the first couple of weeks. And even the bye weeks in week four, there's only two teams. So you're really not going to hit your buys. The biggest bye weeks that I've seen as far as the fantasy relevant players are in weeks nine and 11, nine being the big week that you're really going to have to plan for. So you have some time to kind of figure out how these rookies are going to pan out. So you will see some, probably one of the most interesting things I've seen is the New England Patriots are going into the season with just a handful of, of wide receivers. In fact, just three. They've got Chris Hogan, Cordell Patterson, and Philip Dorsett. Patterson and Dorsett are fairly new to the team. So they're waiting on Julian Edelman to get back. He'll be back in week five. So it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots offense is going to deal with having not a lot of depth at wide receiver. I would I would assume that it would mean a lot of James White and a lot of Rob Gronkowski. Now, Sonny Michelle is back this week, finally. He's practicing. I would not expect him to play week one. So I think week one, you're going to see a lot of Rex Burkhead and James White. So it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots deal with being a little bit shorthanded the first couple games of the season. Another team that's going to be shorthanded is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is, is going to miss at least the first week, probably the first two weeks. Alshon Jeffrey is very much in the same boat. He's going to miss the first couple of weeks. So the Eagles offense is not going to look the same uh, the first couple of weeks versus the rest of the season. And I would expect that GHI and maybe Clement are going to be the biggest beneficiaries there. Exactly. And that's still going to be a pretty decent offense. Although, are you concerned about Nick Foles? who was so good in the latter stages of the playoffs and also, of course, in the Super Bowl, but has struggled at times in the preseason. Are you worried about him maybe getting a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover and not being able to provide really what he should be doing? Because at times he's been really, really good over the course of his career. And at times he's really actually just mm -hmm. put himself in a position where he needs to be on the bench. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the preseason. And Nick Foles is a veteran quarterback. He's played in a couple different systems. He has had success. He's the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> so he has to come in and do his job. And I can tell you right now, finishing out the season and taking a good team to the Super Bowl and winning it is a heck of a lot more pressure than coming into the following season and just having to pilot the team for a couple of games. So I, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about, about, about Nick Foles. There's also one other quarterback situation that I wanted to talk to you about, and that was in Denver, where Case Keenum, who did such a great job with the Minnesota Vikings, has not been able to really get a strong grip on the offense, but there's really no competition there, obviously, since they mm. waived Paxton Lynch and they really have, I believe it's a seventh round draft pick actually as a backup at this point in time. What does that say about where Denver is at, their targets, their offense as a whole? Are, as a fantasy owner, are there going to be people or players that you can rely upon over the course of the season? Or is it going to be something that's going to look really ugly really fast? You know, the only Denver Bronco that I was targeting in the middle, kind of earlier middle rounds was Emmanuel Sanders. That guy I think is going to explode this year. They also have a rookie running back that you're going to want to watch out for. Beyond that, when I think of fantasy 
gold. I don't think of, <laughs> I don't think of the Denver Broncos. Now, Case Keenum did a really good job last year. I think that you can expect them to not look the way that they did in the preseason. I don't put a whole lot of stock in preseason. If we get a couple games into it and Keenum looks like that he can't, that he doesn't have a good grasp on the playbook, then I would start to worry. Um, other than maybe Demarius Thomas, I don't think I don't think a lot of people have a lot of shares in the Denver Broncos offense. No, because I don't think they have a lot of standout players at the skilled positions. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong on that, but I think over the course of time that we're going to find out whether or not they're going to have one of the most inept offenses, I think, probably in, in the NFL. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. That is by far my favorite because it's also character-driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. One other question I want to ask you about before you give me some final comments and that is something that we touched a little bit upon last week as far as any updates on the situation going on in Jacksonville because other than the Jarek McKinnon injury which you so cursed upon me (laughs) the other major injury that a lot of people that were looking forward to as far as drafting that may have been you know may could have been a surprise Marquise Lee, the top wideout for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You had said there were some other options that Jacksonville may be looking forward to, even though they're not exactly the most prolific offense in the world outside of Leonard Fournette. What are your thoughts finally when you go into the season in regards to Jacksonville? Is there any standout players beyond Fournette, or should we just focus in on somewhere else as far as maybe a pickup or somebody that you can get off the waiver wire? Yeah, I think Leonard Fournette's pretty much the only piece of that offense you want to own to start the season. Now, as weird as this sounds, I think that they have a very underrated receiver core. Keenan Cole is going to be the guy that is supposed to be the number one. They also have D.D. Westbrook, very, very athletic, and also Dante Moncrief. That guy has been around for a while. He's a savvy veteran, touchdown machine in Indianapolis. I think that that's a very underrated receiving core. I think if there was a different quarterback in a different system there, we would probably be talking about them a little bit more. But as far as fantasy, I think you just want to own Fournette. And let's get into the season. Let's get a couple games into the season and keep an eye on those receivers and see if we can see one emerging, see if we can find the one that Blake Bortles is going to lock into when they have to pass the ball. And maybe one of those receivers can come in handy when we start hitting our bye weeks. But to start the season, I don't know if they're even worth a roster spot at this point. Those are some pointed words again by our good friend Tyler Baker from the Fantasy Football Peter podcast. Any last thoughts as we head into the season, my friend? Because hopefully for a lot of people out there, for everyone playing fantasy football out there, it's going to be a good one for them. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. Week one is always exciting. Football's back. Enjoy it. Set your lineup the best you can. And if you have any questions about maybe some matchups or something like that, you can always get on the Facebook group or you can send us an email and we'll definitely get back to you. That's right. Especially if you have some lineup questions, trade questions, some things about waiver wire pickups, 
anything you need at all, you just check it out today on the Fantasy Football Patriot Podcast Facebook group. You put it out there, and you're sure to get some opinions, not only from my good friend Tyler Baker, but from a lot of other individuals and hardcore fantasy football players as well. So, Tyler, we headed to week one. Our mm-hmm. matchup is going to go down pretty soon. Are you nervous? <laughs> no. <laughs> you should be, my friend. You should be. Oh, I like it. All right. Yes, because All even right. though one of my top running backs is out for the season. That's difficult. That only made the winning margin for me that much smaller. So it, instead of winning by 80, I think I only win by 70. <laughs> so yeah, just it's just going to have to be the way it is. And and like I said, uh, I'll have to go ahead and, and win gracefully only by 70 this point in time. Sure. Well, I'll tell you, my friend, this injury hit you, and it's a tough one. You planned on him being a starter, but it did happen early. So you'll have a chance to rebound. We'll get into week one. We're going to see if one of these uh, rookies emerges, and you'll be able to work the waiver wire. You'll be able to overcome it. It's a big hit, but something like this is not going to derail your whole season. Now, you'll probably lose this week to me, you know, but but when you have injuries like this especially to starters you know just just take a breath relax and work the waiver wire see if you can work out a trade work the waiver wire it's never it's never the end of the world let's hope it's not the end of week one for me as well (laughs) oh it's the end of week one it's just just not the end of your season i see how it is (laughs) once again it is the fantasy football pater podcast Tyler, it's been great having you on the show today. Looking forward to a great season of fantasy football. Hopefully everyone out there as well will have a great season indeed. Just truly thankful that you are a part of the Fantasy Football Pater podcast. And of course, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.